Welcome to the Road to Seven podcast, guiding and supporting entrepreneurs along their road to seven figures and beyond. Here's your host, Sheila Cummins. On today's episode of the Road to Seven, I interview Mary Engel, who is also known as the management coach and is the co-founder and CEO of eSuite.com. Mary and I sit down and we talk about how you have to fall in love with marketing in order to grow your business. She shares some amazing pivot points in her journey that has allowed her to create a scaled and highly profitable coaching company. My name is Sheila Cummins, and I love nothing more than supporting women entrepreneurs just like you to shift into action so you launch, grow, and scale a profitable and sustainable business. I sure hope you dig into this episode. There are so many takeaways that you can be applying today. A little bit of background on Mary. Mary is the management coach. She's co-founder and CEO of eSuite.com, and she's a recognized speaker, coach, and consultant and business executive. Mary has been advising, consulting, and coaching leaders and managers on how to grow their businesses while continuously engaging their employees for over 15 years. Mary helps leaders and managers increase their incomes, raise their performance ratings, and achieve the leadership positions they aspire to. She helps organizations improve profitability, cash flow, and employee productivity through a proven facilitation process that she has honed over 20 years as a management consultant. Her coaching clients come to her both privately and through referrals from their organization. Mary lives in Oakville, Canada with her husband, son, stepdaughters, and two Bengal cats. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. I am so thrilled that today we get to talk with you, Mary. I've known you for many years now. We used to be in a mastermind, what feels like ages ago, but I actually think it was just a couple of years ago where we were really pushing each other in our growth and our sales. And I think one of the things that I've always admired about you was how you've been able to to scale your coaching business. Uh, So Mary, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about you and the management coach and how'd you get started? How'd this whole thing unroll? So it got started about 10 years ago. I was working in a small consulting firm Mm -hmm. and I was also working at the time with a life coach, some personal challenges in my life that I was trying to overcome. And I started working with this life coach and in that journey through coaching, realizing how uh, transformational it was, how well I was thriving and succeeding, I concluded that I thought maybe life coaching would be a great thing for the managers that I was consulting with at the yeah, time. Right. And it, it kind of came together in that way. So I conceived of the idea while I was still working full time. Yeah. I talked to my bosses about, you know, potentially being able to do some coaching on the side. And then one day I uh, received an email from one of the directors that I was working with. And she was unhappy with a piece of work that I had provided to her. And I was having none of the attitude that she was giving me. <laughs> I was like, I remember standing in my then boyfriend's kitchen, uh, looking at him and going, I'm going to quit right now. And he was like, why don't we go take the dog for a walk first? And maybe we'll <laughs> talk about it. And when you come back, you can decide. And we did that. And I came back and I was like, yeah, I'm going to quit. I basically 
turned in my resignation that night. I gave them two weeks notice on my five-year anniversary lunch and gave me my five-year gold ring and wished me well. And the very next day I woke up and built my very first web page. Oh, wow. Um, it was that fast. It was that fast. Wow. Um, and and that's, that's how it got started uh, and why it got started. I started the management coach to help managers who had situations like mine. Yeah, where they were unhappy. That's so cool. I love how you just, you took your experience and you melded it. And you know, what I, what I see so often, and maybe you see the same thing is we often start a business to meet a need that we have ourselves. And I think that you kind of just did that beautifully. And, and you're now solving that problem for others. How did you manage right at the beginning, Mary, when you were starting out with the management coach? Did you just jump in with two feet or or how did you get started? I basically jumped in with with two feet. I mean, I left my full-time job. I uh, went on contract with them, which was very helpful because that um, produced some income for me to give me some stability and some certainty that I'd be able to pull through. Um, and the very first things that I did were um, really three things. One was I started networking and reaching out to people and, right. and talking to them. Mm-hmm. I um, signed up for a coaching school mm-hmm. <laughs> to mm-hmm. be able to get certified as a coach. And the third thing was I signed up for a couple of very quick certifications that I could add to my profile that would give me some credibility that I felt like I could go to people and say, yes, I have some qualifications here as a coach and, and, um, you know, give me a try and let's do some work together. And so were your first few clients then from your current network? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. they were. They were uh, people that I had worked with as a consultant um, that were willing to uh, they they knew me professionally, and so they were willing to take a risk that I might actually be able to help them uh, in an individual capacity as well. I love that because that so illustrates the point that your net worth really can be your net worth. Yeah. You know, when you can start a business from scratch, just and then start it with the people that you already know. Now, you, Mary, have already been able. You've been able to do what many women entrepreneurs are not able to do. We know that most women entrepreneurs start a service based business. You have, however, been able to scale your business. Tell us how you were able to scale the management coach and you've gone from the one-on-one trading time for hours to having a team. As I was developing my product set, um, one of my early questions was how to price. And the, the kind of common uh, method was that I had experienced anyways was time for money. You go hourly, you pay hourly, et cetera. And so one of my early changes was to actually sell programs instead mm-hmm. of hours. Yeah. Um, and then as I was working in the business and I was relying on contracts with other organizations to bring me customers, those contracts started to disappear. They uh, were taking more of their work in-house. Mm-hmm. I got a little scared, started seeing my numbers drop. And rather than panicking, which um, I kind of felt compelled to do, I went online and looked up business coaches and found myself a business coach who um, I started working with. I worked with her for about three years and Mm -hmm. the scaling started with understanding marketing. Right. And she was a coach. So my audience is managers and leaders, which are typically used to a B2B or a B2C sale. Mm-hmm. Um, very different than an entrepreneur to entrepreneur sale. Yes. 
I was in the middle of an entrepreneur to entrepreneur sale, learning how to do this from somebody who was coaching entrepreneurs. And so when I was learning the marketing techniques for an entrepreneurial kind of business, I was having to adapt them to a corporate style. Right. So the very first kind of nugget, the big piece that helped me scale was generating the pipeline. Mm -hmm. And I was basically taking techniques that were typically used in an entrepreneurial capacity, marketing towards solopreneurs, which was her mechanism, Mm -hmm. and adapted it to a more corporate audience. So what were some of the strategic moves that you made then? What does that look like? Probably uh, the first strategic move was um, understanding where I was generating leads Mm -hmm. and doubling down on those. Right. And uh, it turned out that my best leads came from speaking Mm -hmm. and from my website. So I did more of that. I networked, I found speaking engagements, I um, found a couple of really, really great uh, opportunities that have then just continued to perpetuate and basically refer other people to me for speaking. So speaking was really the the main one. And then the website, um, the the big strategy around the website was my keyword. Well, your title is so brilliant. The management coach. <laughs> yes. And it, it means that I get to own that space because I've had it since essentially 2010. Right. Um, and at that time, people weren't really looking for management coaches. But over the last 10 years, that has ten, trended upwards towards being a, a really valuable keyword. Um, and I basically take that space. Like I'm sure. the first one that shows up in terms of coaching, both yeah. in the U.S. and Canada. Right. So, so those are really where I focus my time. And then the third strategy, once I had the pipeline, mm-hmm. was figuring out the sales conversation. Mm-hmm. So the pipeline was great and, and tracking my numbers on the pipeline was really good. And then tracking my sales conversations was really good. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was really only closing about 10% of the people that came through the pipeline to have conversations with me. Right. And I, I just felt like that wasn't sufficient. I was like, I'm doing all of this work to close 10% of these sales. Yeah. I'm like, no, not worth it. Don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, so then I hired a sales coach, mm-hmm. somebody you know, and mm-hmm. she was fantastic. I worked mm-hmm. with her for three months okay. um, and she helped me nail down my sales conversation so that I went from a 10% conversion rate to a 50 plus percent conversion rate. Whoa. It was that dramatic a shift. Whoa. Was there any sort of key learnings that you took from that three-month program? What were some of the shifts that you made? Um, I think probably the most significant shift was making it my own. I had these formulas running through my head that other people had given me, and they weren't feeling natural, and they weren't feeling authentic and Mm -hmm. kind Mm -hmm. and she allowed me to see a way that I could really make people feel safe on a sales call and heard and understood and, um, and get them to trust me. Yeah. And that I think was the thing that made the the big difference. And were they coming into you cold? Were they a cold traffic lead? Um, Sometimes they were, they either found me on my website or they connected with me through a speaking engagement. And so Mm -hmm. they, they may have, uh, seen me or heard of me or seen me speak. Mm-hmm. But as far as a, a sales went, that's, that's how I did it. I did not do the cold calling route. 
Right. Cold calling for me was deflating. It was, I tried it. I closed a couple of sales with it, but I find that if you can find the thing that helps you generate your pipeline in a way that's authentic to you, and feels good. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was through speaking and through technology. Mm -hmm. um, then the, the sales will come. Yeah. And for some people that might be through cold calling. It wasn't for me. Right. I love that. And um, I, I think that sort of opens up a couple questions for me. The first is there must have, when you're going through sort of relearning that sales conversation and adapting it to you, what were some of the, the internal beliefs that you had to shift in order to enable you to make those bold moves, really creating your own script, doing it your way? What was that process like? The reason that I started my coaching business was because I was working with a life coach that has more of a spiritual bent and addresses the unconscious um, stressors and belief systems that uh, tend to hold us back. Yes. Um, and that's how my coaching works as well. So uh, for me at the time, um, there was just a lot of self-worth issues. Mm -hmm. Am I good enough? Am I worthy enough? Am I worthy of $100,000 a year or $500,000 a year? And so you escalate through the prices and you, you try and figure out um, you know, what, what is it that is holding you back? What are those beliefs? So for me, it was self-worth. It was um, be believing I was good enough, believing mm -hmm. I knew enough. Mm -hmm. um, those were probably the three that kept coming up on and on and on. Yeah. Mary, you've been able to scale the management coach. Walk us through a little bit about how you did that, because you really have achieved the pinnacle that I know so many women are trying to do, which is scaling their service-based business. Yep. Um, is improving my sales mm -hmm. uh, and getting higher and higher conversion rates. I yeah. found that there was less and less time to actually provide the services myself. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, I was also training coaches mm -hmm. uh, in a particular coaching methodology mm -hmm. and was able to basically take some of those coaches that I was training and start giving them clients. Yeah. Um, I basically said, you know how I do things, you know my approach. I trained them a little bit more on some of the more unique aspects of life, life coaching and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I said, could you take on a few clients for me? Because I can't do it. Yeah. There was a lot of belief issues that went behind that around, mm -hmm. um, are they going to deliver the work as well as I could? Yeah. Could I rely on them to deliver it at a quality that I would expect? Could right. I rely on them to even deliver the the stuff that I was asking them to deliver? Yeah. Um, and that was really hard for me to kind of let go of. Um, but that just compelled me to make sure that their training was really good, that my systems were really good, that we had mm -hmm. ways to communicate, that I had ways for them to report into me, mm -hmm. that I had ways for them to invoice me so that mm -hmm. I could make sure that they were paid on time. And so we had to start putting in place all of those systems. Um, but I asked them as well. I was like, what, what would make this easier for you? And so we all kind of figured out how to do it together. Oh, that's neat. How many did you start with? Just one or did you start with two? Um, I started with uh, two. Yeah. yeah. 
And so the sales funnel looked like the calls would come into you. You would do the sales call, the discovery call, the prospecting call, whatever you want to call it. And then how were you able to shift the conversation so that you could say to your potential client, well, you can coach with me or you can coach with one of my coaches, or did you not give them the option? Um, that was actually a really fun kind of uh, period is trying to figure out how to, how to do <laughs> that, that, how to position that because, um, and that was an unconscious belief that I was holding as well was like, how can I consciously sell this person something that I know I can do mm-hmm. perfectly well for them? And I, but my confidence in my coaches was a little bit lower, right? Yeah. You, you're kind of like, I don't know if they'll deliver it the same way I do. Uh, so it started with pricing. figure out how much less um, that how much less than me I would charge for the coaches. Yes. And then um, the conversation shifted to um, there was a couple of things that happened. If I was truly at capacity myself, I didn't give them an option. I would just tell them, listen, I am at capacity. Yeah. So I can't be your coach, but one of my associates is available and I would like you to work with her or with him. Right. And, but here's my commitment. You actually get two coaches because I will be supervising them. I will be monitoring the coaching through them. Mm -hmm. And at any point you need me to step in, I will step in and participate in a coaching session. I will uh, be available to you through text and email support. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was still their coach, Mm -hmm. but they had somebody else running their sessions. Right. Um, And that made it a lot easier uh, and then for other people where I kind of was like, I, I really do want to coach you and I do have capacity, but it was more a question of money or mm-hmm. budget. Mm-hmm. I would give them the option. I'd say, listen, you could coach with me, but it's going to cost you a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's another coach who's trained by me and you get to have both of us, but she's going to run your sessions and it's going to cost you less. So right. I'm going to give you the choice. You can do whichever way you want. That's like the ultimate in vulnerability. Because you really are giving away your zone of genius and outsourcing your zone of genius. And I think it's sort of that next level because, you know, our first hires tend to be the VAs or a graphic designer, you know, things that are not in our genius. Is there, was there sort of a a practice that you put into place to be able to shift to that place of trust? I mean, you've got the system of training them and supporting them and they're accountable to you, but on an internal level, how... How did you go to that place of ultimate vulnerability where you're giving your genius to someone else? Do you have a practice? I think the belief was that the more I gave away, the more I'd get back. So for right. me, there were, there were kind of two things that were going on. One was if I could trust the coach to serve my clients and not self-serve so that they, I could trust that they weren't going to try and steal my clients, I could teach them everything I knew yes, and they could apply it to my clients. But then I also got the multiplier effect of they could go apply it to their clients as well. Mm, interesting. So even, you know, even if their clients are benefiting from my stuff, um, I've, I felt good about that. And right. the only rule I gave them was you just have to give me the proper credit. So don't take my stuff and put your name on it. Right. Any of my templates, any of my forms, as long Mm -hmm. as you say it's property of the management coach. Right. Right. And that really just freed me to let them do what they needed to do. And it was that trust and that, um, you know, I did have people that did try to steal clients or, Mm -hmm. or the the clients tried to work with them directly and they they didn't have the 
conversation with those clients that I felt would have been appropriate. Yes. And I just said, sorry, you can't work with my clients anymore. So I just cut it off with them. And I kept the ones that I knew weren't, um, weren't going to try any of those little stunts. Right. So it's going to happen. You got to be prepared for that is what I think I'm also hearing. So what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned over your, your last seven years as the management coach? Those that fail are the ones who quit. Those that fail are the ones who quit. That, my friend, is a very good tweetable because it's not always smooth. It's not smooth. It's not smooth at all. It's hard. It's soul crushing at times. Mm -hmm. It's soul Mm -hmm. building. Um, Mm -hmm. it's It's a life journey and it takes commitment. And it's the only thing that keeps you going is the commitment. Yeah. How do you weather the storm during the tricky parts? I cry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm good uh, at that. Yeah. I think I have a PhD in tears. <laughs> I cry. I um, I do my inner work. Mm-hmm. I work with my own life coach. Yeah. I mean, it really is an internal process. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you've really helped us see how you can scale. And really what I hear is the two biggest pieces is falling back in love with your marketing and sales and doing it in a way that serves you and is fulfilling to you. And also doing the inner work so that you are taking care of you through the growth cycle. Mary, you are a wealth of information and a wealth of knowledge. I know that some of our listeners are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to chat with you. Where should we find you? Where can we go to connect with you? Yeah, I just send me an email is the Mm -hmm. easiest thing to do. I love getting emails. So my email address is mary at themanagementcoach.com. Perfect. Uh, And that's my web address right there as well. So just reach out. Very easy. Okay. And um, do you want us to connect with you on LinkedIn or do you have an opt-in you want to share with us? Most of my opt-ins are probably going to be targeted towards a corporate audience, Mm -hmm. but there is one that I think is useful for anybody who wants to grow and scale a business, which is called Sanity Skills. Ooh. Um, And you can visit visit the website sanityskills.com and opt in for that. It's a free um, PDF download that you'll get. Perfect. Uh, and that would, that would probably be good for anybody who will eventually want to um, start building a team. Amazing. I'm going to go and download it right now. Mary, thank you so much. We look forward to chatting with you again. And thank you for sharing all of your insights. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to the Road to 7 podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. To learn more, visit SheilaCummins.com for more support along your road to seven figures and beyond in your business. See you next time.